You are listening to the Gateway Church in Spring Lake, Michigan. To learn more, visit us at thegatewaygh.com. Well, again, thank you for joining us this morning. We know you have choices, and we're glad that you're here. And we want to welcome you to the third week of a series that we have been rolling out called Discover the Holy Spirit. We're discovering the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the one who comes alongside of us. And I'm excited for what God has been doing and will be doing. This is a series, church, discovering who the Holy Spirit is, what does the Holy Spirit do, what happens when the Holy Spirit shows up, and when does the Holy Spirit show up. It's all about the Holy Spirit, discovering, making room, learning, understanding. We want to honor the Holy Spirit through these weeks. We want to discover something new. How many believe that you can learn something from Scripture, something new in this season? Me too. That's about half of us. I'll take it. And I saw all those hands online. I mean, millions. We want to build a case for the Holy Spirit to be at work in each of our lives. And my prayer has been, Lord, help us attract and to cultivate an atmosphere that attracts the presence of God. And that's what we desire here. So we started a couple weeks ago, and when we rolled this all out, talking about the Trinity, that the Holy Spirit is one-third of the Godhead. And we believe in one God, but we see in Scripture, when we understand Scripture, that there are three persons. One God, but three persons. And it's God the, say it with me, Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And it's a, something that we have to accept by faith. We understand that, that the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but the Bible describes what we try, what theologians have put to this term, and it's an important term. And we understand that the Holy Spirit is God's personal spirit. And then we said, well, what does the Holy Spirit do? And last week, our missionary, Dr. Mike Clark, talked about missions and the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is active around the globe at all times. And man, that was an incredible service. If you weren't here, you can get back online and listen to that. And two weeks ago, we talked about this next slide that I want to try to explain. Let's go ahead and put it up there. On the bottom part, it talks about our human ability. And look at this, that our human abilities, our natural wisdom, our skill, our own awareness. But right above that, there's a ceiling. There's only so far that our natural ability can take us, and then we hit a ceiling. Now, above that natural realm is God's ability. How many believe with me that God can do anything? I mean, he's amazing. He's supernatural in so many ways, every way, but in regards to wisdom and in regards to his skill and in regards to his awareness, there is no limit. So we have on one side, we have our ability, we have then we have God's ability, and what the Holy Spirit does, as we understand this, is that the Holy Spirit breaks through the ceiling of the natural and he does that 
to help us to build the church, to be a witness. The Holy Spirit does this in a variety of ways, and we're going to discover some of those ways today. In fact, in Scripture, it talks about nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit, nine breakthroughs, and we call those the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, I understand, depending on your faith background, uh, not every Christian faith or Christian representation of our faith will, will uh, embrace these gifts. There are some traditions that leave these gifts off the table, so to speak. And I believe they are missing the full potential. But then some would say, well, these gifts ended with the apostles. When they died, these gifts died as well. And I would just declare, I do not believe that that is true. But don't take my word for it. Get into Scripture. Let the Lord guide you. Prove it for yourself. Be a responsible believer. Dig into what God has for you. Now, the gifts of the Spirit are seen in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want you to turn there. And there's going to be some important things that we're going to underline together or mark up in our Bible. It was funny. Yesterday, I was uh, at our Get Connected class, and, and I was kidding. I said, never mark up your Bible. You would never do that. That's God's Word. It's sacred. I don't believe that for a second. My, my Bible, I don't know if you can see, it's all marked up. And, uh, and so mark, we're going to mark up some things here. But starting in chapter 12, verse 1, let's look at what it says. It says, now about the gifts of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, that's every single one of us here. That's you online that's listening. It says, I do not want you to be uninformed. That's an important thing. I've got it circled in my Bible. You might want to underline it. The idea is that we must be informed. Let's skip to verse 4. It says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Uh, they, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There's a different kinds of workings, but all, in all of them, and in every one, is the same God at work. Verse 7, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. For the common good, I've got that underlined. For the common good, it builds up the body. It's a witness to the world, these gifts. And then it goes on to explain. To one is the given through the Spirit, the message of wisdom. Everyone say wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge. Say knowledge. To another, uh, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing that... Uh, that uh, by that one spirit, to another, miraculous powers, to another, prophecy, say prophecy, to another, distinguishing between spirits, to another, a difference in tongues, and still another, the interpretation of tongues. And then in verse 11, it says, in all of these are at work of the one and of the same spirit, and he dist distributes them, uh, them just as he determines. And then let's skip to the verse 31 there. It says, now eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. I've got that circled in my Bible. And then chapter 14, verse 1, it says, and follow the way of love and eagerly desire the greater gifts, the gifts 
of the Spirit. In verse 1, we said to be informed. In verse 7, it says these gifts are for the common good. It's for the good of us and for those around us. Verse 11, I think it's important. It's the one and the same Spirit. Verse 11, it's distributed to each believer as the Lord sees fit. And then I believe, verse 31, and then chapter 14, verse 1, the key there is that we, as God's people, can and should desire these spiritual gifts to be at work in our lives. And my heart, again, is to cultivate and activate a place where the presence of God is there, but that where people are eagerly desiring these things. And Lord, help us to do that. Amen? Now, my experience personally in regards to the gifts of the Spirit started pretty young. In fact, on June 12th, at our discovery night, it's a Wednesday night where we're carving out. It's a family night. We invite you back for sure. Our youth group is going to be part of that as well. It's going to be right here on a Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. We're going to discover uh, more of the Holy Spirit. We're calling it Discovery Night. Um, and the gifts of the Spirit in many ways came naturally to me. I'm going to give my testimony that night. I'll hold off. But really, by the age of 10 or 11 years old, the gifts of the Spirit were active in my life. But it wasn't until college, or actually after college, that I learned to teach and to really break down the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There was some further understanding. And now the premise of these gifts, I believe, is that, number one, is that God wants to help us. Number two, it's 100% to help us help others. And we know what the great, the great Commission is, is to go and to make disciples. And the disciples would have been like, how in the world will we do this? And then we get the answer in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that said to wait on the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, He will teach you, He will help you to be a witness across the world, right? And with that, there are nine gifts that are listed later in Scripture in 1 Corinthians that we read. And we can break those down into three major categories. And I want to do that for you this morning. These categories go like this. The first is the revelation gifts. And then there are power gifts. And then there are inspiration gifts. Now, I want to explain this. On the top part, the revelation gifts, those would include the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, and the gift of discerning of spirits. The power gifts are Faith, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, and the gift of miracles. And then the inspiration gifts are the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues, and the gift of prophecy. And I really thought that this morning, in the, as we laid out this series, that I would take about five minutes or ten minutes on each of these, and I started adding up the time, and I thought, man, we're not going to get out of here before second service. And so what I did is I think what we want to do is to take just one of these three categories, and then for the next three times we meet, that let's really get a good glimpse of what these gifts are about. And so I flipped a coin. No, I'm just kidding. I prayed. I really did. I was like, Lord, what do you want for us? And where do we, where should we start? And I wanted to start right in the middle with the power gifts. The power gifts. The gift of ability, right? 
the puncturing through the ceiling of our limitations where God comes through and does something beyond our imagination. Because we got to understand our ability, I said it a couple weeks ago that our ability is zero, and I think I was a little off by that. And I kind of wanted to come back because we have some natural ability. We can all do something, right? There's the natural, but then with God, the impossible becomes possible through the power gifts. And the first power gift that we want to talk about this morning is the gift of faith. The gift of faith, and we see it described in verse number 9, chapter 12, verse number 9. And let me just read it. It says, to another faith by the same Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 9. Now, when we talk about the gift of faith, it's important that we are not talking about natural faith. When we said, hey, it was time to sit down, did anybody test the, uh, the chair that you were sitting on and make sure that it was sturdy? No, you'd probably just sat down by faith, right? You didn't, like, worry about it, right? When you started your car this morning, it, there wasn't, like, this supernatural faith that, like, oh, Lord, it's going to start unless you got a beater like I do sometimes, right? I mean, I get that. Or when the, you didn't pray, it wasn't like, you know, there's a natural faith, like, hey, the sun's going to rise in the morning, right? We don't you know, worry about that. That's not supernatural. Or gravity, you know, things like that. The oxygen we breathe, that it's going to sustain us and help us. Those are natural faith, and the, what the gift of faith is not that. It's also not the same as the gift uh, or the faith that is required for us to get saved, although there's a supernatural component to that. The Bible says that we are saved by grace through what? Faith, right? And that's a different faith than the gift of faith that we're going to talk about. It's not even the same gift or the same faith that, you know, when we believe on the Word of God and we say, well, it's by faith, you know, that we're, we read Scripture, we believe that. And, you know, it's interesting. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 1, or 11, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if that, if we're talking, this is a different kind of faith. The gift of faith is different from just natural faith or salvation faith, you know, things like that. If it was the case, you're saying, man, if I don't have the gift of faith, then I can't please God. That's not the same type. What we're talking about is the gift of faith here, which is a supernatural gift. And it comes and it goes. And again, it's to build up the church to be a witness. And it's as the Lord sees fit that a gift of faith could come. It's an unlimited type of faith. Where things that are impossible with man become possible through faith. And there are a lot of examples in Scripture. I want to give you three. Just kind of, We'll put these up on the screen. John chapter 2, when the water was turned into wine, it was the first miracle that Jesus ever made. Of course, Mary, the mother of Jesus, had some faith, had faith in her son and said, hey, you know, go talk to Jesus. But the real impossibility was when the water turned into wine and it was Jesus' faith that made that happen. If you're tracking with me, say, I got it. How about Matthew chapter 14? This is one of the examples in Scripture. It's seen in all four Gospels. Jesus feeds the 5,000, right? And Jesus prayed for the food. Five loaves, two fish in the natural was not going to be enough to feed not a crowd like this. 
certainly not a crowd of 5,000. The impossible happened. There was a multiplication of the bread and of the fish, and it provided for the people. And in Daniel chapter 3, another example of the miracle or the, the gift of faith at work, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in the fiery furnace, right? And they spoke by supernatural faith. They were saying, look, if you throw us in, the Holy Spirit, or the God, our God will save us. We will be okay. They spoke by faith a supernatural faith. And in each of these cases, there was an exercising of supernatural faith where there was something spoken in each situation. They were speaking the impossible and taking what was in heaven and bringing it through to the natural realm and they would break through. Now, there's an example in my own life and you can choose to believe this or not, um, but when I was a kids pastor, back in 2004, I was part of a team of guys, there were six of us, that climbed King's Peak, the tallest point in the state of Utah. And we were out there, and we were raising money, it's called Up in the Air for Kids, we were raising money for BGMC. It was a great time, and it fit right into my, you know, mode of, I mean, I loved it. I was like, yes, I'll do that, sign me up, and, uh, and we raised a lot of money, but we were out there. It was a three-day journey in the woods, headed to the peak and then back. And the first day, we didn't go far enough. We miscalculated where we thought we were. And so the next day, we got up and we started our trek. And we realized that we were not going to make the summit by noon. And everything, all the wisdom of the mountain climbers, the, the people that were day hikers that would you know, try to get to the peak, you had to be to the peak by noon. Otherwise, it was too dangerous in the month of July to summit because there were thunderstorms, everything would get slippery, and it was just dangerous all the way around. And so we're getting there, and we're understanding that we've got another two and a half hours, and it's about noon, and people are coming down off the summit, and we're still heading in that direction. And every single person that we passed was like, you know you're not supposed to summit. It's already noon. You know what time it is. But we were on a mission. And I was like, there's no way we can't get to the top. And I began to speak by faith, saying that there will be no problem with the weather today as we summit. Half of our group decided to stay back. A couple of guys had um, some... Uh, altitude sickness, but the other guy was like, I don't think it's worth the risk. And I led two other guys to the top, and we made it. And all the way around us, there were thunderstorms and lightning out in the distance. And on that peak, there was not a drop of rain. And I believe God used me with a supernatural gift of faith to say, you know what? The weather is going to hold, and it did. Now, if you're interested, after service today, we're going to post a video. It's about a six-minute video. We don't have time to show it here, but uh, of our journey. And there's a moment on the top where we did a presentation, flags, and we had three different missionaries that we were supporting, and you're going to see one of those flag presentations. Um, and, 
and uh, we're going to post it on the closed Facebook group, and so you can watch that in its entirety. And when you get and we're around the top, you can kind of look around, and you can see out in the distance the clouds, and that it's raining everywhere except where we were. It was a miracle. God used that gift of faith. Now, it, it, another quick example in regards to our building process, what, was, what did the Lord prompt in our hearts as a, as a people? That there would be no lack and there would be no delay. That is a gift of faith, speaking it out. In the natural, it looked like there was no way that we were going to be able to do what we, we've been able to do here. But we, the Lord put it in my heart. We began to speak that by faith. Again, it's a speaking out. It's an act of obedience. When God prompts you, there's a supernatural belief, and you cannot reason it away. And you got to speak it and know that it is God. You say, well, what if you're wrong? What if you speak something and it's not true? Well, how many of you have ever made a mistake? I have too. You want to hear a quick story of me making a mistake? I'm not sure if it was a mistake or not, but several years ago, I was in my mid-20s, I heard a story that was a valid story that had been documented of a guy that felt by the presence of the Holy Spirit to go into a 7-Eleven. How many know what a 7-Eleven is? You get Slurpees there or whatever. And um, is into the Detroit area. And the guy felt impressed in his heart to go in and to stand on his head in a, inside a 7-Eleven. And he's like, well... I feel this, it's a, you know, I'm going to take the step of faith. The guy does that, and he doesn't know why, but when he gets there, he stands on his head. The guy at the cash register stops him and says, what in the world are you doing? And he said, well, I feel like God told me to do this. And he said, that's unbelievable. He said, I just spoke these words about five minutes ago that unless someone came in my store and stood on their head, I was going to take my life that very night. It's, it's, an, uh, it's a story that, that's documented. And I remember hearing that, and I was like, man, I want that kind of faith. And I remember back in the day, we would sit, and Pastor Doug, you might remember this, all the pastors would sit on the stage during worship. I have no idea why you would do that, but we did. It was kind of the, the culture where I was. And I was a kid's pastor, and I'm sitting on the stage, and it was a Sunday night service. And I felt, and I had heard that story, and I'm like, I want that kind of faith. And I, 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 I was sitting there, and we had a Christian flag over here and an American flag over on this side. And I felt like the Lord was telling me in the moment to leave my area with the pastors and go get the, uh, the Christian flag during worship and just to wave it. And I kind of struggled. I went back and forth. I'm like, Lord, is this really what you want? And I'd just been challenged in my own heart, like, God, I want to be that type of person. So I went and I grabbed that flag and I started waving it. I just kept my eyes closed, my head down. And then I put it back. And then I just walked back. Nobody said a word about it. It's like it almost didn't happen, but it did. And I have no idea if that was the Lord or not, if it meant anything to anybody. But I was like, Lord, I'm willing. And uh, I don't know if it was bad pizza or if I was just my, you know, who knows, the gift of faith. It's a powerful gift. It's the first power gift that we see in 
the list of the nine manifestations. And so it's a, it's a fun one to wrestle with. The second power gift, we got to keep on moving, is the gift of healings. Oh, by the way, so I might have made a mistake, but it was okay. Does that mean I should never act in the gift of faith again? No. Right. Good. The second gift, the gift of healing. The ministry and the operation of the Holy Spirit. Again, we're breaking through from heaven to earth. And we, as we study these gifts, it's important that we can give names to the things that I believe are already happening among us. So we want to educate and to bring confidence and then a boldness as we talk about these things. And the gift of healing is found in the same verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 9. Look what it says. It says, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit. Now, I've got this underlined, and I would like you to circle the word gifts, plural. It's pluralized here. All healings, all of them. And I believe that we, we can give credit to God in way more than, uh, than we maybe take, uh, for, we take it for granted. But, it, uh, but all healings are rooted in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, where we see that it's the death and the resurrection of Jesus, right, that created the opportunity. It says in Isaiah, it says, by his stripes, we are, not we might be, we are healed. And there are many ways that we can receive healing. The first one that I want to talk about is by standing on the Word of God, claiming Scripture as your own. When you're reading Scripture and there's a word of healing or a word of encouragement, you stand on it. You pray God's Word into existence. That's the first way that you can, you can learn and you can, can experience a gift of healing. My grandma, my grandma Bay, uh, who passed a couple years ago, she, when she was a teenager, had thick bottle glass uh, glasses. And as a teenager, she heard that you could stand on the Word of God and take God's Word at face value and so literally, my grandma, this is the story, when she was a teenager, she took the Bible and she stood on the Bible and she took her glasses, she broke them and threw them on the ground and said, I'm standing on God's word that I am healed. And from that moment until my grandma was almost 50 years old, she did not need glasses. God healed her in that moment. She stood on the Word of God. Now, do you have to stand on the Word literally? I don't know. I don't think so. We can speak God's Word, and we can receive God's healing. The second way that we can receive a healing is by intercession and by agreement. How many know the Bible says where two or three are gathered in His name, right? There He is in our midst. And when the Holy Spirit, when God is in your midst, anything is possible. Amen? Friends and family, they can stand in the gap. They can intercede, right? The prayer of faith will heal the sick by intercession and agreement. The, other, the third way is by calling the elders or the pastors of the church. It's another way you can receive healing. We call for the elders, right? According to Scripture, we lay on of hands, right? And we, when we lay on of hands, there's something supernatural that, is trans, that transpires 
and the gift of healing is possible. And then there's the gift of healing in regards to the supernatural work that I think is seen in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's supernatural. And it's almost, it's, and a great example is in Luke chapter 8, verse 42 through 48. We're not going to take the time to read it. But we see Jesus is walking through the crowd, big crowd, bumping up to all kinds of people. And all of a sudden, someone demanded a healing from Jesus. Pretty interesting. I'm choosing my words carefully. Power left Jesus. Someone's faith was responded to. The spiritual laws that were at work when God prompted this person and they touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And we know it was a woman. And Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? And the lady had felt something when she touched him. And the lady declared her healing. She said, I am healed. And in that moment, the supernatural gift of healing was evident. And there was a transfer from heaven to earth. And I think it's absolutely possible. The gift of healing can be at work. Now, it's supernatural. Now, remember, we were talking about mistakes. How many have ever made mistakes? Come on. You know, I know some of you are like, I'm not so sure. You probably have. I've made some mistakes. And it's interesting in regards to this gift, the gift of healing. I don't know about you, but this is a, a, one of those gifts that I eagerly desire for God to use me in. And I've had this desire ever since I was a student in high school. I ended up in, uh, on a trip to Mexico City. It was the trip that I met Jessica. And we were out and about, and, we had, and I was familiar with the gifts of the Spirit. And, and I always had this desire, like, Lord, would you use me to you know, lay hands on somebody and that they would be healed? And, and I really sensed in my spirit, we were at an orphanage. There was a young man, probably about my age, that was in a wheelchair, and it was bound up and had no, uh, no way that his legs were going to work, is what I understood. And I felt like God had called me to go pray for him and to get him out of his wheelchair. And so I did. I prayed for him, and I started to get him out, and my leaders came and stopped me and was like, hey, what are you doing? And, uh, and they didn't let me kind of finish. And I don't know what God was doing at that moment, but the kid didn't get out of his chair at that moment. And I thought, man, Lord, did I miss you? We debriefed after the fact, and uh, we don't know what happened to that kid. Maybe he did walk eventually. I don't know. But the Lord was stirring in me, and I took a step of faith, and I prayed for healing for this young man. And the leaders, they encouraged me after. And then I said, well, wh when I started to lift him up, why'd you stop me? And they really couldn't answer. It was like their faith kind of inhibited the, the miracle, maybe. I don't know. Was it a mistake? I don't know. But the, what I want you to know is that when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, this is a safe place to practice. And even if we make mistakes, 
we're still pursuing God, right? And even if things don't happen like we think might happen or whatever, and we're going to get to that in a second, we want to challenge each other to believe for the impossible. I hope this is making sense. The third power gift is a fun one as well, the gift of miracles, the working of the miraculous. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. Uh, so it's the next verse. Let's look at it. It says, to another miraculous powers. That's the gift of miracles. And some would say, well, is that the same as healing? And what I want you to know as we study these over the next several weeks, we're going to see that many times there's an overlap in regards to the spiritual gifts. And usually, almost always, there are several spiritual gifts at work working together to provide whatever God is wanting to do. I also want to just mention that you cannot earn these gifts. And this is a good place to do this. To, to talk about this, because Simon the sorcerer in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8, um, he was watching the, the disciples, they were working, and the miraculous was happening, it says in, in chapter 8, and Simon the sorcerer, he wanted to pay for the gift of, for these spiritual gifts, right? And what did Peter say? Uh, Peter says, may your money perish with you. You cannot buy, but, you cannot buy these things, but you can grow and you can position yourself to operate in these gifts. And the gift of miracles is one of those for sure. The more we operate, the more we explore, the more we give room, the more our faith will grow. And again, it's education leads to obedience, leads to confidence, leads to boldness in our lives. Now, the gift of miracles it's a supernatural occurrence, something that happens beyond our natural comprehension. It's the bending or going past natural laws where what could happen in heaven, where anything could happen, is now brought to heaven and when it, or brought to earth. And when it's brought to earth, we call that a miracle. Now, a miracle right here would be that if I let go of this Bible, it's going to fall, right? But if I let go of it and it's suspended in air, thought I'd try, and, um, but it didn't happen. And so that would be a miracle, and the, the gift of miracle may be at work. Now, there's some examples in Scripture where the gift of miracles happen, and I'll give you two. One is in Exodus chapter 14. Moses parts the Red Sea. That was the miraculous hand of God that caused the sea to end or to stop for those moments and dry ground for the people to go across. The same thing happened in 2 Kings chapter 2. Elijah parts the Jordan River. And again, the miraculous. Now, when you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus is used in the miraculous, that miracles were happening, healings, people were set free. The gift of miracles were seen all throughout the Gospels. And some people think, well, miracles are not for today. And I would disagree. I believe that there are times where there are miracles of protection, where maybe a car accident was avoided from a supernatural standpoint. 
Or maybe there's a doctor's report that is grim and they're saying there's no way. And all of a sudden, a miracle happens and there's a healing. Or maybe it's a life change. Or maybe it's something that where you were sustained through something beyond the natural. A miracle can happen. A miracle of provision can happen. I believe we're sitting in a miracle. You've heard me say that. Where it's beyond the natural, God has provided supernaturally. Again, where we're bending the natural laws, going beyond the natural comprehension, miracles do happen. There's a great example of that that's in the last couple months have been seen in, in the theaters. How many of you have seen the movie Breakthrough? A few of you, probably. Okay, only a few. Well, it's a movie about this kid, John Smith, a 15-year-old, or he was a teenager, and for 15 minutes he broke through, he fell through the ice underneath the water, and by all indications, he should not have lived. But with God, anything's possible. It's pretty cool. In the story, in the movie, there's a part where his mom says, we are going to do our best. She's talking to the doctor, to the expert, and God will do the rest. What she's describing is the spiritual gift of, of the miraculous coming through, breaking through, bringing heaven to earth, and, and you know the story. The kid lives. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made the movie, right? And uh, what's interesting, when you dig into that story, that mom and dad that had adopted this kid, they were a part of an Assemblies of God church just like ours. They were people of faith, and they believed for the impossible, and they called it out, and the gift of, uh, they received their miracle, and it's incredible. In fact, their son is going to go to North Central University in the fall where my daughter goes to school. Kind of a, kind of a cool thing. Power gifts, gifts of healing, gifts of miracles, gifts of faith. These are exciting to talk about. They are also a little bit scary when you start saying, hey, we should work in these, in these areas, these giftings. There are questions that come up, I, no doubt. And I really appreciate uh, good resources that are solid in God's Word, uh, of course, but then other authors that really have explored these gifts. And one of those guys, is his name is Tim Enlow. He's really given his whole ministry to the working of the Holy Spirit, and he's a great guy. He wrote this book called Goodbye Chicken, Hello Dove. I mentioned this. If you were uh, in our closed group on Facebook, we, um, we have made provision uh, all throughout the series. I want to give you supplemental material throughout the week, and one of the things he was talking about was our appetite coming into the presence of God, hungry for God to move. But uh, in that, he talks about six principles to recognize the Spirit's leading more clearly. Six principles to recognize the Spirit. So how would we recognize the Holy Spirit's leading to start working or to be moving in these power gifts? And I thought, you know what? That's something I want to know. I want these things to be active in my life. How would we recognize if the Holy Spirit was working? And he has six of them. I'm going to just talk about three today that I think apply to the power gifts. The first one I want to mention is how would we recognize the Holy Spirit's leading? It grows through a relationship and 
spiritual intimacy with God. It starts with our pursuit after God and everything he has for us. And for some of you here, you need a jump start. You need the Holy Spirit to be at work. That's why I wanted to prime our pump with the appetite saying, hey, you've got to know the voice of God. You've got to spend time in his presence. I like what John chapter 15 verse 7 says, if you remain in me, this is Jesus talking, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. The idea here is that the more relationship you have, the better you're going to hear the voice of God and the more the Holy Spirit can be active in your the second thing Tim Enlow says, and these aren't in order, but the second one I'm going to mention is that when we're looking for recognizing the Spirit's move, it is never based 100% on intellectual certainty. So it's never a slam dunk like, yep, I got this, boom. When I said no lack, no delay, and we started to share that, and we started to say that as a team, there was a potential that it wasn't going to happen, but we said it by faith. Supernatural promptings, the breaking through from heaven to earth. The promptings do not come from our own brain. They come from the Holy Spirit and flow to our spirit, and then we need to pray those things out or say those things, speak those things with confidence. Turn with me quick to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we see this idea where there's spiritual certainty, but intellectually there may be some concerns at the same time. Look what it says. It says, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. Again, it's his spirit speaking to our spirits, not in our brain. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the, his, their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Again, there can be spiritual certainty, but our intellect, it may not always line up and to be the same. And then the third encouragement in regards to recognizing the Holy Spirit is not only is it you know, it grows with intimacy. It grows with our relationship. It's not only that there's not, there's never 100% intellectual uh, certainty, but the third thing he says is it is often quieter and less spectacular than anticipated. You know, the story of the guy going in to 7-Eleven, I would say that's pretty spectacular. You know, God, you know, he's going on his head. He saves the guy from taking his life. And I guess the guy gave his heart to the Lord and Sometimes I think maybe even maybe some of my mistakes have been where I'm saying, man, I want something bigger or better or some big outward manifestation. And sometimes it's quieter and less spectacular. We're not going to read it, 
In fact, the, the worship team can come at this point. But uh, in First Corinthians chapter, or First Kings chapter nineteen, the the God is not speaking through the wind, through the mighty rushing wind, not through the earthquake, not through a fire, but it was through a gentle whisper. And if I've grown at all in understanding or working with the gifts of the Spirit, it's often just a gentle nudge. It's just enough. It's not the whole picture. It's just enough to take the next step to speak whatever's on our heart. Could it be wrong? We could all be wrong. Is it worth taking the chance? Absolutely. Every single time. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time. Pray that you have been stirring in us these power gifts, that they would be at work in our church and in our lives outside of these four walls, Eden, Lord, wherever we go, that your Holy Spirit would be at work. And Lord, we know that it comes from a deep relationship with you. And so I pray that you would draw us in, draw us close. In Jesus' name. With your head bowed and your eyes closed here, all across this place, we also, we understand that part of the Holy Spirit's work is in the work of salvation. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, I'm going to just pray a simple prayer. And this prayer could be your prayer. And as I pray, as you pray in agreement, I believe that the Holy Spirit can save you, forgive you of your sins, take away all your sins. And so let me just pray this prayer Say with me. Say, Lord, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. I'm sorry that I've made mistakes. I've done things that have been offensive to you. My life has been full of sin, and today I give that over to you, Jesus. Please forgive me. Wash my heart clean. Make me whole so that I can live for you. Save me, Jesus. In your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Could I get your eyes on me just for a moment? If you prayed that prayer in agreement with me, in just a moment we're going to fill these altars. Um, but I would like, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to meet me or meet Pastor Bruce right over here because we got just some next steps, some simple things we want to encourage you in. So in our time of altar response, we want to connect with you and uh, to walk with you, give you some next steps in regards to your walk with the Lord. But let's talk about these gifts. And over the next several weeks, as we continue to discover the Holy Spirit, it starts with a pursuit of God. Now I'm going to ask that everyone would stand. And I'm going to ask that if you're here and there's a desire, a hunger in your heart, for God to move in your life, I'm going to ask that you would move right where you, from where you are. And I want you to come to fill these altars. And I want you to, we're going to be kind of praying for the 
power gifts right now because that's where we've been talking about the gifts to be at work and again as you understand and you are educated it moves us to confidence and then to boldness and I want to encourage you that the, the Lord may give you a gift of faith here or a gift of healing or a gift of a miracle even in this place but if you're hungry for God to move in and through your life and to be eagerly desiring these gifts like the Bible says we should. I want you to move and to come and the worship team is going to lead us and to, to help us through this time. Let's just do that all together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. This morning, we've talked about the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles. I believe God is desiring to move in our midst to show himself real. And so we talk about it. We want to make room for that. If you're here this morning and you need a physical touch from the Lord, there's something in your body that's not working right, something in your physical body or even in your mental uh, mind where God, you're saying, God, I that you would move, and I want you just to make some room right up here in the front. Come on up here. Um, our elders, our board members, and I, we're, uh, Pastor Bruce, we're going to just come, and we're going to lay our hands on you, and we're going to pray a prayer of faith, believing for the supernatural to happen. So uh, anyone here that needs that, I want you just to move, and I want you to come just make yourself known, just kind of nice and close, but then enough room for us to walk in front. Yep, just make yourself known. It could be in a variety of different ways. What are you in standing in need of? And we're just going to come along, and we're going to pray. We're going to pray a prayer of faith, believing for the supernatural. believe that God can do miracles. We're going to just join our faith together and we're going to do that. Um, some of our board members are here. Elders, uh, we've got some anointing oil. If you feel led, you can come and grab. And we're just going to create an atmosphere here. Create some space for God to move. In regards to a gift of faith, I believe that it's very likely that God is putting thoughts in your mind as we've been worshiping, that he is calling you out to speak a word of faith over a situation. And maybe the Lord is just uh, impressing on your heart even now. And I'm going to encourage you to slip and to maybe, to maybe speak to the person that God is impressing you to do that. This is a safe place to practice the presence of God. And as we're starting to pray here, let's just uh, go back to the Spirit of God if we can. And uh, just we'll continue to worship here and just continue to press in. If you need to slip out, you certainly can. But this is what we're doing. We're creating some space for God to move, for God to touch. And so our elders are going to do that. I'm going to come. We'll, we'll pray. And we're going to anoint some people with oil. And we're just going to believe that God is doing the miraculous here. Let's continue to press in from the front to the back. Come on, let's lift our hands all across this place. Spirit of God, Spirit of God. I'm just curious 
as we've been praying. Does anyone want to just give a quick testimony of healing? Maybe God's touched. Maybe for some, you got to go to the doctor and say, hey, you know, this is, you know, am I feeling what's right? Anyone at all in regards to healing, the gift of healing at work here? Yeah, I don't know you. Jeremiah, oh my goodness. Yeah, man, you lost some weight. You're looking good. Uh, what's the Lord been doing? All right, praise the Lord. So this is Jeremiah. He hasn't been around. I, I kind of thought maybe, but yeah, man, you look grown up. He said for the last couple of years he's had back pain, and uh, and as you've been praying here that that pain is lessening. Is that what you're? Awesome, awesome. That's incredible. I believe God can complete the work. Do you have faith for that? Would you just stretch your hand towards Jeremiah? Let's continue to pray. Lord, I pray for Jeremiah. Lord, that this work that he's sensed in you, that has begun, that it would just be carried through to completion. And Lord, that he would stand on your word, Lord, that it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit that he is healed by the stripes that Jesus bore on his back, by the blood of Jesus that's healing Jeremiah from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, continue the work. Continue the work, Lord. Continue the work. Thank you for sharing. Hallelujah. Anyone else want to share? Just give testimony. In regards to faith, Maybe a gift of faith. Maybe the Lord is prompting you to share, to speak something in regards to faith. I want to just give you some opportunity. Uh, is there anyone here that is sensing a gift of faith kind of welling up and that the Lord is asking you to, to make something public or to say something? Anybody at all just want to give room for the Holy Spirit to work? In regards to faith, faith builder. Okay. In many ways, the Holy Spirit can prompt things in a moment like this, but it may be as you're leaving or as you're driving down the road, we need to speak by faith when we sense the Holy Spirit at work. Speak over your families, over your situations. Let the Holy Spirit work. Amen. Hallelujah. The miraculous. Anyone want to give testimony to the gift of miracles happening here in this place? Just give room for a testimony, a quick testimony. Jesus, we desire you. What Tim Enlo recommends in regards to recognizing the Spirit at work, that first thing I mentioned, the intimacy, the connection with, the, with our Heavenly Father. If you're desiring in this season of your life 
for greater things, for more of God. I want you just to lift your hands all across this place from the front to the back. Come on. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Just like this. I want you to pretend like you're a vessel and the Holy Spirit is pouring into you. Come on. Get your hands above your head. Come on. Hallelujah. And I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. And I want you to repeat after me by faith. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. To overflowing. Overflowing. Speak to me. Speak to me. Use me. Use me. By your power. By your power. By your gifts. By your gifts. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I would just want you to know that when you pray a prayer like that, watch out. The Lord just given the Holy Spirit permission to be used. And God, he desires that in your life. Father, now I pray that you would go before us, behind us, and all around us. Let your presence go with us. I pray it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. I'm just going to ask the worship team just to sense that there may be some that are still just wanting to press in. I'm going to encourage you to come and just kneel at the altar here for the next few moments. we got about 15 minutes before our second service starts. And uh, just if, if the Lord just, you're like saying, man, I don't want to leave quite yet. I'm just going to ask you to come, kneel here, and otherwise go in the grace of God. Let the Holy Spirit work in your life this week. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegatewaygh.com.